All right, good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, as Sister Betty is in our comments, she says, praise the Lord. Praise him. We always like to say, praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. This is week 68. If you've been with us for a while, we always like to say thank you for tuning in week in and week out as we try to spread the true word of God. And if you're new here, welcome to Join in the Midst of the Storm Man program where we like to do live stream weekly Bible studies and present them to you through the power of the internet, the power of the technology that we have at, at our disposal. And oftentimes I think about back in the Bible days, they didn't have technology like we have today. They, there was no live streaming through Facebook. There was no Zoom. There was no Microsoft Teams. What they had to do was they had to walk. They had the horse and chariot in order to try to spread God's word. And what's funny is it seemed like the word of God was spreading a lot more back then than it was today, despite the technology that we have at our disposal. So that's what we try to do, bring out the true word of God. There was no way for them to have the potential of millions of people all around the world instantly hearing what they have to say like we do today. So let's put this technology to get use and spread the true word of God. And we missed a couple of comments from our last week's Bible study. Roderick says, I've been blessed by the video. We, we thank, we are, we appreciate you tuning in. We're grateful that you got something out of it. And Jocelyn says, just wanted to say, I set my alarm for these and to keep going. There is no end in sight. And if you guys are tuned in, we'd like to say appreciate you guys for tuning in. And we hope that we reach you in some form or fashion in what we have to say this evening. So we'll be talking about, do you have the love of God? And we all say that, that we love God. We love God. We love God. And a lot of times it's just lip service because when we take a deep dive into the Bible and see what actually having the love of God is and what we have to do and what he expects, expects us to do, then our tune changes. So we'll be talking about that and many more topics in scriptures this evening. We'll be starting off in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks and we can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. Thank you, Melvin. As always, we like to start by saying a prayer if you guys can and will bow your heads with us heavenly father we first want to come to you and say thank you lord as humbly as we can lord we're wanting to thank you for all the many things that you continue to do for us lord knowing that we are not deserving we've done nothing to uh, deserve the love the mercy the grace that you continually bestow upon us lord so we first come to say thank you lord we're also asking that you will continue to keep us within your will, that you will continue to shield, guide us, protect us from all evil, Lord, that you will continue to just guide our steps, Lord. Help us, show us where we need to go. Show us the things that we need to do. And Lord, we're also praying for all the people being uh, tormented, hurt, uh, battles within their own minds, Lord. All the issues that are going on. We know depression is a a major issue among people but we're praying that you would just continue to reach out to us and show us that there is joy in the midst of every storm Lord we're praying for the uh, Bible study tonight Lord that you would just open someone's understanding continue to open our understanding open the listeners understanding 
open all of our understanding. Lord, we're praying that you would increase and that we would decrease and that your word would go forth and only your word goes forth. Lord, we're praying these many blessings in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So as Melvin already mentioned, we're talking about having the love of God. Um, it's something that I think about it often because I look at all the things that as people we're not willing to do for each other. And so it bothers me a lot of times because the more and more that I that God allows me to understand of him, the more and more I see where his people are falling short and even myself included a level that I recognize that God wants us all to come up to. And so we're going to look at a few verses tonight and we'll start uh, in first John three and 16. A lot of times people talk about John three 16. Uh, we, we love to quote that part, that verse, but not a lot of people are quoting first John three 16, but this is scripture just as much as John 3.16. The same John wrote this one. So let's see if we can make this as popular as John 3.16. Melvin, if you will. Uh, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Now, we read John 3.16, where it tells us what God did and what Jesus did, how he gave his life so that we can be saved. We love to read that. We love to quote that. We love to build our salvation around that. And our salvation is built around that, built around what Jesus did for us. But now, after we've continued to uh, walk with God, now we find what he's requiring of us. And that's what we don't want to talk about. We want to continue the belief in a free salvation. But there's a price that comes with this. There's a price that Jesus had to pay. And now we find a price that we ought to pay. Look, read that again for us, Mel. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brother. Now, here we find the same John, the same writer. Again, that wrote John 3.16. We find here he said... We we can see, we can tell, we can identify, we can admire, we can acknowledge so many things we can do from what God did through Jesus. We saw how he came and laid his life down for us. And now, as a result of that, he said we ought to. He didn't say we should think about it. We we may need to possibly no, no. He, he used some strong language here to tell us this is what we should be doing. We ought to lay down our lives for one another the same way Christ laid down his life for us. That's love. So we know Christ had a choice. But before I get too deep into that, uh, I want to go back up. To verse 9 and we'll read down to this but he said we ought to lay down our lives this is what God's required because that's love it's love for me 
to look at the needs of my brothers and sisters because we we all claim to be believers of in God. And so if we are, then that makes us all a part of this new family, a new family of brothers and sisters. And so I ought to lay my life down for my heavenly family because whether we believe it or not, these are the people that we're going to spend eternity with, our heavenly family. My natural family, I love them. But if they don't desire to truly be saved, I won't spend eternity with them, no matter how much I love them. It's about my heavenly family now. This is a different mindset that I have to take on. And so it's not that I don't love my natural family, but I have to develop a stronger love because people always say blood is thicker than water. But what thicker blood is there than the blood of Christ? What stronger blood is there than the blood that Jesus shed for us so that we could be saved? And so if I understand that, then I have to lay down my life for my spiritual family more so than I ever laid down my life for my natural family. That's what that's what he requires. That's what I ought to do, he said. He said I ought to do that. He wasn't talking about my natural brothers and sisters. People doing that anyways. It's easy to get us to do something for our natural family. We, we've been doing that our whole lives. But for our spiritual family, God has to wrestle with us to get us to do something for them. <laughs> because we look at them and we say, man, <laughs> that ain't got nothing to do with me. I just go to church with them. <laughs> there has to be a difference there. This is the true love of God. So, we'll move, uh, let's move up to verse 9. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. Now, I want to add these verses in, because, and we've talked about this many times, but the point can never be stressed enough. He said, whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. Now, we know all of sin. So he's not saying just because you're a believer, you, you haven't sinned or you never will sin again. But we're talking about a commitment right now. See, when, when people uh, commit to get married, they make an agreement to stay together they make a vow to continue together that's all he's talking about here making a commitment to sin when we truly have an understanding of God when we truly have the Holy Ghost which is nothing but his seed that's what he's talking about his seed the Holy Ghost when we have the Holy Ghost inside of us it makes us not want to continue in sin. That's what Jesus came here to do. He came to save us from our sin so we wouldn't continue them. So that we would say, God doesn't want me to live this way anymore. He wants us to give up those sins. But we want to come to God and continue in sin also. But the Bible tells us we can't serve two masters. We cannot live in sin and still be the child of God. 
And, and uh, John here makes that plain. Let's keep reading here, Mel. And this, the children of God are manifest. He said, this is how you're going to know the children of God. Uh-huh. And the children of the devil. And the children of the devil. It's two groups. Because one is going to make a commitment to sin. One is going to continue. One of them is going to say, I oh, ain't nothing wrong with doing this. God's going to forgive me anyways. That's what one group is going to say. I'll let you decide which group says what. Because you know that's the, that's the children of the devil. They're going to say, there's nothing wrong with it. We can continue in sin. But there's a difference. He said, they're made manifest. They're made known. That's all manifest is. They're revealed. You can see them. We'll know them by their works. By the way that they live. Some, they're going to continue in sin. And the other group is going to become real to them. And they're going to say, I can't continue doing this. I got to make a change. God, <laughs> we ought to make a change. We ought to. All right. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Now, we're getting back down to the love. We're getting back down again to love because we have not yet learned to love our brother. And again, we're talking about our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, of course, this, this goes to the whole world. This is to even those that are not a part of the church, not a part of God's kingdom. We got to love everybody, but we should have an even stronger love for our spiritual family, even stronger. And that goes for those people you don't even know, because I've heard people say it before. They said, man, you can't love somebody you don't even know. They find that hard. To love someone they don't even know. But that's the issue with the world. We care nothing about anyone we don't have some type of relationship with. That's the issue. We don't have the love of God. Yet, we've been to church service so many times. And we sing the song so many times. The Lord made a way for me. And yet, we still don't have any type of love. All right. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We've been told this from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should care about one another. Now, this love extends to those we don't even know. We read, uh, we've talked about it before. But the Good Samaritan, we saw people pass this man. That didn't even know him. And what did they do? They kept walking. Some of them went out of their way to get on the other side of the street. They didn't even want to, they didn't want to walk past. They didn't want to get too close to him. A man laying, hurt, bleeding, bruised, battered on the street. And people, they crossed over to the other side. They said, I don't want to get no blood on my shoes. And that's us. We don't care about one another. 
because somebody said, I don't know him. It ain't my family member. It ain't my daddy. It ain't my cousin. It's not my brother. It has nothing to do with me. But that's not the love of God. That's, that's not the love of God. He said, John tells us, we've heard this message from the beginning. That we should love one another. Love causes us to go out of our way. That's what love, true love does. Real love causes us to go out of our way. But the love that we think, the only love that we know, only allows us to go within our way. Yeah, I'll do this for you. If it's on my way to where I'm going. I know we've all heard that. <laughs> it's on the way. <laughs> I would help you, but it's just a little bit out of my way. Even though it's only three minutes out of the way. They said, I'm just not going that way, though. Even though it's only three minutes out of their way, they said, I can't do that. That's three minutes out of the way. So we find an issue here. We don't have the real love of God but we're told we should love one another he said love one another as thyself love your neighbor as thyself now we know for ourselves we do anything we do anything for ourselves he said do that do anything for someone else but are we willing to do that especially especially for those of us that are in Christ. Especially for those we should be willing to go the extra mile for those that are in Christ. Alright. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Now we know about Cain and Abel. How Cain killed his own brother. He killed his own brother. And he said, why did he do it? Because he didn't have love. He hated his brother because his brother was accepted by God. His brother was trying to do what was right. The world is no different today. You, you have two groups. You have the group that says, I'm trying to do right. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to participate in that. And so you're going to have people from the other group, the children of the devil, that say, there's something wrong with them. They feel like they're too good for somebody. They think they so, they holier than thou. <laughs> it's because they're a part of that other group. Look at what John says as a result of that. Marvel not, my brother, if the world hates you. They're supposed to hate you because they're on the opposite side. How can two walk together except they be agreed? They're not going to agree with you. We, we're wasting our time if we're expecting the, the children of the enemy to agree with God's children. We're wasting our time. If we think they're going to see things the way we see them. We waste our time if we think that. I, go ahead, man. I'm not going to go there. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brother. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Now, this is how we know we've passed from death unto life. This is when we know we truly are saved. 
we truly are trying to do right when we can love one another. Because the Bible tells us God is love. So when we have God inside of us, we learn to have his love. We learn to go out of our way for our brothers and sisters. We learn to do so much for our brothers and sisters, for our neighbors. All right. Uh, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Going back to Cain, we can't hate each other. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, listening at someone, uh, I don't know, maybe a week or so ago. And I was talking about, you know, how nice uh, a person was. And I remember someone else was telling me, look, I beg to differ about that. A lot of people here wouldn't say that. And so I can hear the hatred and dislike for another person. But if we feel that way about so many people, if we can, if our hearts can admit that we hate someone, he said, you're already a murderer. We're not the children of God. We don't have the love of God thinking that way. So even if someone out there tonight is listening to this and they can find someone that they hate, that can be changed, though. This isn't this isn't to say you're doomed and, des and, and destined for hell. No, this is an opportunity for salvation. God can change that. God can work on your heart. And elevate your mind into not hating that person anymore. Learning forgiveness. Learning true love. Because the Bible tells us that love, it'll cover a multitude of sins. Love will allow you to overlook what they've done. Love will allow you to overlook those sins, those transgressions. The, the things that they knew they shouldn't have done. Love will cause you to overlook that. But only love can do that. And we're talking about God's love. I remember uh, a while back, and we've talked about this before too, with the guy whose brother had been killed, uh, supposedly mistakenly, by the police officer. And him telling her that he forgave her. That was nothing but the love of God being portrayed. Because it takes a level of love to say that. It's going to take some godly love to say that. A lot of people, I've seen a lot of people talking about, man, I could never forgive them. I would never. Because they have not the love of God. We have to work at that love. We have to pass from death to life. And it's going to take time to do that. It's going to take God working on our hearts, working on us through different experiences in life to learn to love someone despite our differences, despite what it is you may not like about them. It, that's something people do so much. We find something that we don't like about the next person and we say, well, this, this is why I don't like them. I hate them because of this reason. I told someone, I said, we can find that about every single person. If I sit here and look at you hard enough, observe every aspect of your life, I'm sure I can sit here and say, well, they like tomatoes and I don't like tomatoes. And see, that's why I don't like them. 
That's exactly why right there, because they eat too many tomatoes. See, that's foolish. Look at how look at how crazy that sounds. But that's what we do. We find a difference with someone else and we determine I just hate them. I, I can't stand them. Because we have some difference. But God is love. And so there's no point of us going to church every week. There's no point of us listening to live streams in quarantine if we're going to continue to hate one another. Because God says we're a murderer if we hate our brother. And you won't have eternal life. You're not going to go to heaven. There's no point of us doing that. And so the point of this broadcast, Joy in the Midst of the Storm, is so that we'll all be saved. So these are words to help us, to encourage us to be saved. To change the things that are wrong with us that God doesn't like. So let's read the next verse, Melvin. Hereby perceive we the love of God. This is how we know the love of God. Mm -hmm. Because he laid down his life for us. Now we know he laid his life down. He, We sing a song, he came from heaven to earth to show us the way. He was already in heaven. What, what did Jesus have? He didn't have to worry about anything. He had no concerns. But he made us his concern. He laid down his life for us. That's love. He went out of his way. He didn't. He. Somebody had to do it. So he chose to do it. A lot of times we look at what someone needs. Jesus looked at us and we needed this. But we look at what someone needs and we say. Somebody else going to have to help them out. But Jesus made it his mission to help us out. And so as a result, he says we ought to lay down our lives. We got to do something for one another. Strengthen one another. Exhort one another. Uplift one another. Encourage one another. Read the next verse for us, ma'am, if you will. But whoso hath this world's good... And seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? See, that's what we've seen with what Jesus did. He had what we needed. We needed a Savior. And he decided he was going to be it. He was the only one who could save us. He he had the <laughs> He had what we needed. And so a lot of times we see someone in need. <laughs> sometimes they may ask. Other times they might not ask. But sometimes even if they ask, we say, ah, uh, uh. you can tell when people don't want to help you. <laughs> you can tell because they start making up excuses that, quite frankly, they're not even valid. They start talking about stuff you didn't even have anything to do with what you asked about. You know, <laughs> I asked someone one time, I said, hey, could you pick me up some food? See, I look at things like this and I won't hold a grudge about it, but I'm trying to show 
the lack of love that God's people have for one another. I asked someone, I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm pretty hungry. Could you pick me up a biscuit on your way to where I am? They were already coming to where I was. I just asked, could you pick me this up on your way here? And so this person began to make all types of excuses. They said, you know, by the time I get it there, it's not going to be fresh. It's not going to be warm anymore by the time I... See, I, I, I didn't ask all these things. <laughs> I, that, I didn't ask all these things. But I knew in that moment, they just didn't want to do it. And then after I, after we talked more, they said, "Well, I, I, it, it just there there was there was only that one store on my way here, but my mind began to think about the fifty other stores that were right across the street. All in all, it's a lack of love, because had I been someone else." of more importance they would have found a way to bring a sound had I been this person's mom or dad or brother had I been anyone else had I been uh, some high person I mean we could look at the president you could take whoever it is that you find that has some type of status had I been that person had I been their favorite musician and I posted online, I said, hey, look, can somebody bring me a sandwich over here? Oh. <laughs> a whole bunch of sandwiches. <laughs> oh, you better believe. They would have brought me the whole store back. So what I found through this small scenario is there is a lack of love between God's people. Because I, I, I tried to tell the person, I said, it's not about that sandwich to me. It's not about that. I'm beyond that. I fasted many days. I can go without eating. A morning, one morning, I can do it without that. But do you recognize the lack of love that we have for one another? Because you went through so many excuses. And that's what we do all the time for God. God asks us to do things for one another. And we make so many excuses. Well, God, you just don't understand how they did me last year. You, you just don't understand. You, you don't understand what they did to my cousin. I, see, I talk to so many people and they make so many excuses to not do what God said. And they tell me, they say, I believe, I believe I'm justified. So you go right along believing that then. Because he nailed all the excuses to the cross. No excuses are going to be valid. Because Jesus could have easily took that and he could have used some excuses. He could have said, you just don't understand. These people spit on me. And at that moment, I said, I'm not doing this no more. He could have used that excuse because I know <laughs> all of us would have used that excuse. If somebody, we can't take somebody talking about us. I know growing up in school, man, when people would talk about you in the classroom, boy, that was like a, a, the highest level of humiliation it seemed like we could get to. But Jesus had the whole town talk about him. 
He had everybody laughing at him, mocking him. He didn't use that as an excuse, though. He didn't use the pain as an excuse because I don't know how heavy that cross was. I don't know how heavy it was. But I know it had to be heavy because they had someone else help him carry it part of the way. I know it was heavy. He didn't use that as an excuse, though. He, he looked at us instead. He said, I have to do this because I love them. Despite the pain, despite the agony, despite the tears, despite the blood, the chills that are going through my body, despite the headache that I have, despite all these things, the goosebumps, despite whatever it was physically that he went through, he said, for the love of these people. The joy that is set before him. He said, I got to do this. The love. That love caused him to do it. I, I want to go to another place. If we go back, read verse 16 again for us, Melvin. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. He laid down his life for us. He laid it down. Nobody took his life, he gave it. See, so often, it requires someone to force us to do things. We have to be forced to do a lot of things we don't want to do. We don't want to get up in the morning. But because we don't want to lose our job, we're forced to get up and go there. Not out of love for the job. Not out of love do we do it. We're forced. We're afraid to lose our job because we know, man, I'm going to have to find another job ASAP. So many things causes us to do what we do, but it's not out of love. He did this out of love. He, he said he laid down his life. They didn't take it. They didn't make him do this. God didn't make him do this. Nobody made him do this. Let's move over to John chapter 10, and I believe it's verse 18. Because Jesus said to himself, uh, go to 17 first. Therefore, doth my father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. Here we go again. He said he's going to lay it down. He's going to willingly give his life alright no man taketh it from me but I lay it down of myself that's what I wanted to get to nobody took his life they couldn't kill him if they wanted to and we know this because all power he said to himself he said all power is given unto me he had all power when he came here he was all power there was no weakness in him they could not kill him if they tried. We know because when they came to him, he knocked them all on their backs. He showed us they're not, they're no match for me. But he willingly gave himself. He laid his life down. When Peter, when he struck one of the servants that came to take Jesus, we find that Jesus, he stretched forth his hand. And put the man's ear back on. And you tell me that ain't power. That's power. They didn't take that man's life. He gave it. He willingly laid it because of the love that he had. It, it took a level of love. 
And he says, now you ought to be the same way. You, you ought to do things because love calls you to do it. Not because somebody made you. Not because somebody forced you. Just as Jesus did. He said, nobody forced me to do this. Can't nobody, nobody could force him to do it. And that's how I feel today. You, you're not going to force me to do things. It doesn't matter what scenario it is. You're not going to force me to do things for you. I'm going to do it out of love. It's all good. It has to be out of love. It has to be. And so that's what we see here. He said, no man taketh my life for me. They couldn't do it if they tried. They could not do it if they tried. He gave it. Uh, we've talked about it before, but the nails couldn't hold him there. We're talking about a man that walked on water. He defied gravity. He defied the laws of physics. He defied science itself. He defied everything that we know of to be true. Those nails couldn't keep him there. <laughs> Nothing could. He told the wind and the sea what to do. How could those? How could these people come and take this man's life when even the elements of the earth obey him? Nobody can take this man's life. He gave it. Is that not humility? Is that not such a great display of power to willingly give your life because of love that he has for us? That's love. Because he didn't have to take any of the things that he took. Notice, read verse um, 17 again. Therefore, doth my father love me, because I lay down my life. He said he laid down his life, all right? That I might take it again. That he picked his own life up again. This man rose himself from the dead. That's power. So, nobody took his life forcefully. They didn't take it. He gave it. And he took up his own life again. He rose himself from the dead. He told them, he said, look, if you destroy this temple in three days, he said, I'll raise it up again. I'll build it again. Three days. He rose himself. Bible tells us he was talking about himself. But he did it all because of love. And so now, if you can perceive this love, if you can perceive how they didn't make him do any of this, he chose to. If you can perceive that, if you can comprehend this level of love, he said, now you ought to do the same thing. Because of love, it should cause you to do things for one another. He said, esteem others. He said, esteem them before yourself. Go out of your way for them. Look out for them. The world would be a much better place if we actually had true love for each other. It would be a much better place. Flip over to Philippians, the second chapter, and verse 5. But we see so much love for us. Through what Christ did. If you can think about the fact. That there was no way possible. They could kill him. On their own. There was no way possible. 
because we're talking about someone who had the power to bring people from the dead, who had the power to bring himself from the dead, who had the power to walk on water, to talk to the sea, to talk to cancer, to talk to all these different diseases. He had the power to do that. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He's got power everywhere. He reigns everywhere. He is God Almighty. He said, all power is given unto me. And so if you can perceive that and recognize the love he displayed when he gave his life, because I know power goes to a lot of people's heads. When we get power, we feel like it's certain things we just not going to take from everybody. It said, man, they must not know who they talking to. That's when you have power. We lose humility when we get power. Because we feel like we're better than the next person. But we don't find that when we talk about Jesus. We don't find that. Let's see what we do find, though, in Philippians second chapter in verse five uh actually you know what go up to verse three let nothing be done two two i'm sorry fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded having the same love still talking about love be like-minded all right being of one accord of one mind we should all be believing the same thing i was talking to a preacher today And it's amazing how everyone is okay with us all believing in 100,000 different things. But the more we study the Bible, he said, look, we all got to have one mind. Now, this is what the book said. He said, we ought to have one mind. Be like-minded. How many times he had to tell us these same things in one verse? And we still don't get the message. He said, be like-minded. Having one mind. We all supposed to believe in the same thing. Paul said, let us all walk by the same rules. This is what the book said. But somebody's not going to accept it, alright? Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, mm -hmm. but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. That's love. For me to esteem someone over myself, that's love. It's going to take God's love for me to do that. Because as long as Tony is in control, Tony's going to say, man, I'm never going to put Melvin above me. I can tell you that much. I might not know anything else, but I know I'm not putting him over me. I love me first and foremost. And Melvin, he just got to worry about himself. We never will make these. We never will be able to look after someone else first. Before ourselves, we never will be able to do that if we don't have the love of Christ. All right. But uh, on verse four, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Not love. We talking about love, Christ love. He said, don't just look on the things for yourself. Look on the things for others. <laughs> Whenever we're talking about money, people always say, well, look, I'm out here getting my own money. They got to get their own money. Worry about themselves. I'm worried about me and my family. Look at how that contradicts with what we find in Scripture, though. 
He said, don't just be looking on things for you. Look on things for others. Having one mind, being like-minded. Not just worrying about your things, but the things of others. All right. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, this was the mind of Christ. This wasn't the mind of Tony. Tony never thought like this. Tony was thinking about him when I was in college. When I was in college, I only was focused on what Tony was going to get. But now God said, you shouldn't be focused on what you're going to get. He said, what about my people, though? What about the other people who are trying to make their way to heaven? What about those people? He said, look on the things for them also. The same mind that Christ had, the one that gave his life for us. He said, you ought to love the brethren, too. That's what you ought to do. It wasn't a question. He didn't ask us. Maybe you should do. He said, no, you ought to do this. We ought to lay down our lives for one another, just as Christ did for us, willingly, not being forced to do it. Making a choice, a decision. We ought to do it. So he said, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. All right. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with now, God. This man was God Almighty. But look at what he did, though. All right. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of, of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Now, he was God and did all of these things. He made himself. He came from heaven to earth and took on the form of a servant and of no reputation. He didn't come there being the, the, a big shot. Someone that people were falling at his feet as soon as they seen him. This is not how he came. He came being an ordinary person. I'm sure working in a profession where people look down on him. I'm, I'm sure they look down on him just for his profession. Being a carpenter. Because same way today, we look at people's profession. That's what they did. When he began to speak, they said, hold on, man. It's not this the carpenter, son. What he know about this stuff? When he go to school, he ain't even educated. What he know about? That's how we are today. We look at people's profession and we determine their worth. We determine how we feel about them through their profession. Had he walked around being the top doctor, the top lawyer, the top person that made the highest amount of money in the world, all people would have respected him. But he didn't want to come with that type of reputation because he's trying to show us love. Learn to love people despite their profession. It doesn't matter if a person works on the back of a, of a garbage truck. That doesn't matter. That, that doesn't matter to God at all. It's about loving that person, though. Not disrespecting them. Looking out for that person just as much as you look out for the next person. That's love. That's what That was the mind of Christ. That was his mind. Because he died for that person on the back of that truck. He died for that person. Just the same way he died for you. 
All right. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He humbled himself. He had to take a lesser role. He came here and gave his life willingly. He knew what he came here to do. He knew what he came here to do. But because of the love that he had, he was able to do it. He was able to be victorious. He was able to overcome death for you and I. Be all because of the love that drove him. You know, I was um, one time we were in class and I remember they talked about uh, intri intrinsic uh, motivators versus extrinsic motivators, or you could just say internal motivators versus external motivators. And so, when something is external, it's on the outside, it's something that motivates you externally, it's not coming from within. It, see, that's what happens when <laughs> people like to go on spring break, and so you find that the month before spring break. Everybody's at the gym working out because they want to look good for spring break. That's that's external. But those people who working out is something they love, it's a part of them. It comes from within. And so they're willing to do this all year round. Because it came from within. That's what love is. Love has to come from within us. That's why God had to get in us. He had to give us his spirit to make that love drive us from within. Because if it were only external factors, we'll give up a lot. We'll give up a lot. Because there's nothing continuing to push us when times get tough. When, when you don't want to do it anymore, you just won't do it. Because you say, man, it got too tough. I didn't want to do it. Because there was nothing driving you from within. But once God gets inside of us, we got something to carry us on. That love is going to carry us. Love is going to cause us to do what's necessary. Despite how hard we think it, think it is sometimes. Love is going to drive you. Love is going to push you. Love is going to carry you love it, but it has to come from within if it comes from someone telling you to do it that's external that's outside you're not going to do it very long and it won't be genuine but Christ God didn't have to continue to tell him you know you better do this Jesus you need to do this because if it took that he would eventually stop See, I know a lot of times uh, <laughs> I talk to uh, some of my friends and they say, man, I need somebody who's going to go to the gym with me and push me to do it. And they, they make that statement because they don't have something from inside of them driving them to continue to do it. It's not a, a true love for uh, just being active, physically active, 
is just wanting the benefits that come with it. And so if that's how we are in God, if it's not a true love for him and a true love for people, we won't stay with it. If our only goal is just to be saved, and I know I, we start there. That's where we start. But if we don't develop that love, we won't continue. We'll stop along the journey because at some point you say, man, I didn't sign up for all this. <laughs> I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I didn't know he wanted me to love people that did me wrong. I didn't know that. And there's no way I'm loving these people and they did me wrong. There's no way. But if you develop that love, that true love, that covers a multitude of sins, we better get that verse before we get out of here. Um, 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. Above all things. Above, look, above everything else. He said, have that compassionate love. Charity is nothing but love. Paul said, if I don't have love, if I don't have charity, I'm most miserable. I don't have anything. Love. God is love. This is what, this is uh, all of the commandments wrapped up together love that's all it's about he said above anything else above the money the the reputation above the the job that you do he said have love among yourselves have love for one another because this is what love will do all right for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. It'll cause you to forgive the wrongs that people did. It'll cause you to do that. It'll cause you to go out of your way when you look at someone and say they don't deserve it. That's what love will do. Somebody else will say that person didn't deserve that. But that's not what God said. He tells us to do this. Love will cover those transgressions. Love caused you to do that. All right? Use hospitality one to another without grudging. Love will cause you to not hold a grudge. And these are things that I know I've had to work on. Even when I thought I was over certain things. Later, God showed me, you're not you not but if you develop that love that you're supposed to have you'll get over those things but only if we have that love that Christ had he said let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus we got to have that love that Jesus had not the love that we currently have not the love that <laughs> We've been loving our family with. No, we got to have a love greater. He said, our righteousness must exceed the Pharisees and the scribes. We know the love that they have. He said, they're willing to do things for each other. They're willing to do things for their family, their friends, 
But what about those people that hate them? What about their enemies? They're not willing to do anything for them. What about those people we know don't like us? Can we have love in that instance? That's the love that Jesus had. He continued to love people even when they displayed hatred to him. He Even on the cross, as he took his final breaths, he said, Father, forgive them. That's love. That takes a lot of love, too. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How many of us can make a statement like that? We've seen Stephen make the same statement. And I know, see, even myself, even in this moment that I sit, I know right now, if I were in that same scenario, I would want to make that same statement. But I don't know in my mind if I'd even be thinking that. Because in the moment, you're thinking, man, how in the world could these people do this to me? You're thinking about the pain that you're going through. You're thinking about, man, I want to get out of this. We're thinking so many other things. Because every time we have pain, we say, Lord, get me out of here. I don't like this. And I know because I don't like pain. I try to avoid pain. And so if I were in this situation where I'm going through all of this pain, people are continually hitting me. Could my mind go beyond all of that? And because of the love that I have for people, could I say, Father, forgive them? I don't want these people to go to hell. Father, I hope you open their eyes and show them the error of their transgression. Show them their mistakes. Open their eyes. Change them. Could I make that statement? The only way I ever could is if I have that love that Jesus had. That'd be the only way. Because other than that, I'm saying these people deserve to die. That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying all the time. When we see someone do something evil, we say, man, that person needs to die right now. I hope they rot in hell. That's what we say as people. That's not coming from a place of love, though. Because we see here, love, it'll cover those sins. Love will. But hatred never will. Hate will never cause you to forgive someone. So, tonight, I'm hoping, I'm praying. I'm <laughs> doing everything within my, my very, very limited power. Hoping that. We would develop this type of love for one another. A love that causes us to do things when we really didn't have to do it. But we still chose to because of the love that we have for one another. The love that says, man, it really took a lot for me to do this, but I'm going to do it for them anyways. That's love. That's the love that God is calling for his people to have. The, the rest of people will never will understand this. They're not supposed to. How can you understand? How can you see something in darkness? How can you? You can't. It's impossible. It's impossible to see when it's dark. You have to do something different. You have to say, well, I'm going to put on these night vision goggles. You got to do all this extra stuff because you cannot see in darkness. You have to turn on some type of light. 
And so I'll end it there. But I'm, I'm really hoping and praying that we would develop that type of love for one another, that we would learn to uplift each other, not not tear each other down, not talk about each other, because we've all experienced that and we've all did that, too. We've all talked about someone else. But now God is calling us out of that. He's calling us to have that love that Christ had. That love that never changes. It doesn't change based on the circumstance. Because someone made you upset, his love didn't change when they made him upset. His love didn't change when they uh, disappointed him. His love didn't change when they made him sad. His love never changed. That's the mind of Christ. Having love despite anything else. That's love. So tonight I'm hoping that someone would um, take these words to heart. That someone would truly allow God to receive all the glory for their life because it's by God's grace that we're all here. So thank you guys for listening and I'll turn it back over to Melvin because I feel like I've been talking for a long time. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It's all the true words of God coming straight from the book. But um, like you said earlier, um, how can a preacher who is trying to preach the word of God be okay with everybody believing a million different things in the book of Ephesians it says it's one Lord one faith and one baptism it's only one true way to believe we all should be believing the same things we all should follow the same rules so why are there so many different faiths Uh, as I mentioned many times before it's just about a church on every corner and all of them have a different title it's not like God is going on one corner and saying this is what you do this is what you need to be saved this is what you do and then go down to the next street corner and tell them a completely different thing somebody's wrong they can't both be right you know um what and what Tony I want to touch on what Tony brought up earlier, and we talked about this before, too, about the cop mistakenly entering into the wrong apartment, thinking it was hers, and killing somebody because um, she wanted to claim self-defense. No matter if she did that on purpose or if it really was an accident, we should be forgiving her like the the young man's brother did. There are a lot of people saying, I hope she rots in hell. I'll never forgive her. Let her would have done that to one of my family members. It would be a different story. She would be dead. My my friends, that is not the way of God. Surely it, it, it upsets us. We don't ever want anybody to lose a life. But we still have to have the power and the strength and the same mind of Jesus to forgive that person. And that reminds me. We all know the prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer. We started off by saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Stop it right there. We're saying thy will. We're saying your will. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're telling God that let your will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. There isn't a different church on every corner in heaven, is it? And we know from scripture, it's not the Lord's will that 
any should perish. So we have the love of God dwelling in us and we have the same mind that's in Christ Jesus. Why are we wishing for people to perish? In one place it says wish on others what you want to, to wish on yourself. Because that's basically what we're doing when, we, when we're banishing somebody to hell when we wish them to go to hell. We're just doing that to ourselves because that person can you know repent and be forgiven. Yet we, and you know, God will forgive them, yet we won't forgive that person. And so that means God won't forgive us. So when we're wishing somebody else to hell, we're just doing it to ourselves. And what happened recently back in, in February where the um, the two men killed the jogger, I forgot his name. Ahmad. Yep, Ahmad. And everybody's doing the run with Ahmad. You know, nothing's, nothing's wrong with that. But a lot of people are wishing death on the people that killed him. And no, and I'm not trying to justify their actions at all. It, it is is dead wrong. But at the same time, we should be hoping that these people turn their lives around and find Christ. Rather than, oh, I hope they rot in jail. Oh, I hope they rot in hell. I would never forgive them for what they did. The young man was not doing anything but just jogging. And, you know, that's true. He, he From the video, video that I've seen, it looked like he was minding his own business. But at the same time, it is still up to us to have the power to forgive the men that killed the young man. We still have to love them. And you know, it stems from, from, from race, basically. A lot of people are angry, oh, because it's white men killing a black man, like the cop or white woman killing the black man. And so um, a lot of, the, most of the black people uh, I have a fit and they might be mad if the roles were reversed but they won't be as mad as if it weren't there is no race in God's eye and all sin is equal so no matter if I go to the bank and steal a penny I'm just as guilty as the as the people who, who kill who kill who lie who steal it's all equal so if we wishing them to hell how will we feel if God banishes us to hell so we have to forgive, we have to love, no matter what any anybody does to us. As Jesus was saying, people mocked him. They're saying, if, if you're really who you say you are, then jump off the cross. The nails didn't hold him, love did. He was thinking about you and me. He was thinking about everybody giving us the right for our salvation. Because it isn't free, there is definitely a price that we have to pay. And that is... <laughs> One of the biggest misconceptions, salvation is free. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything but believe. Believe that God or Jesus died on the cross for my sins. My debt is paid. I'm good. I can sin all I want to. <laughs> You're sadly mistaken. You're sadly mistaken. I don't know where we got. <laughs> all we have to do is go to the front of the church, shake the preacher's hand and repeat this sinner's prayer. That I believe that the Lord is my personal Lord and Savior and I'm saved. That is wrong. And as we always say, I'm not sad to tell you I'm happy because it's a chance to get right. Every time at the beginning of our live streams, I say thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. Because we definitely need to get our acts together. And we know and we have to know that salvation is more than just repeating a saying that our preacher told us to say. We actually have to dive into this Bible and see how do we actually earn salvation. But 
I'm going to leave it there. I see we don't have any further comments. Um, Sister Rosie says, I have the love of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 We all should be working towards getting the love of God and have the love of God dwelling in us. So again, thank you guys for tuning in week in and week out. Every week, we look forward to being in front of the camera, in front of the microphone, telling and trying to spread the true word of God because it's not being spread like it should be. We have stuff being spread about murders, killing, lies, who cheated on who, who got who pregnant. That's the stuff that we want to see. We don't want to hear about God. So we're trying to change the narrative and we're trying to spread this as much as we can. So again, thank you guys for tuning in. And as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are definitely tomorrow's testimonies counted all joy. Just like Stephen was when the people were stoning him, he was saying, lay not this sin upon them. How many of us have that power? Somebody is beating us up. We're not thinking about, Lord, please forgive them. No, we're trying to fight back. We're trying to do anything to get out of that situation, but we can't be like that. We cannot be like that. So again and again, thank you. We definitely do appreciate you guys tuning in. And we're going to leave it right there. And we're going to see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the Word of God. You guys be blessed. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks, who brings the word every week. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You should tune in and ask questions or just tell us how you're doing. We'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic. Rejoice in the Lord always.